welcome to The You, the sister newsletter of VXC that sometimes becomes a podcast. I'm Alex Sear, and today I'm joined by Kieran Lum of UBC. He's the men's champion at the 2019 U Sports Cross Country Championship. The 21-year-old applied science student from Vancouver, BC has worn many hats in the running world. He represented Canada internationally on the track, he boasts a personal best of 1340 over 5K, and he's many times a champion of Red Bull's straight up, uphill 400 meters. More on that later. One thing that still escaped him, however, was U Sports experience. In Kingston, a few weeks ago, Lum triumphed over a strong field and now prepares for an indoor 5,000 meter race in Boston. We caught up with Lum to chat running, travel, and his take on the U Sports after party. Here's my conversation with Kieran. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. I am here with Kieran Lum from British Columbia. Kieran, how are you doing? Good, Alex. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy you could come on. I think you're you're hiding out at work right now. Is that the deal? That's right. <laughs> so we'll try not to be too too loud here. Uh, you're on uh, it's a co-op. You're saying right? That's right. Yep. So it's uh, I'm on an eight month co-op at uh, the company I'm working for right now, doing uh, kind of mostly electrical engineering work with some programming um and various stuff like that for uh, industrial controls okay that sounds busy enough and uh, are you uh, able to take a bit of time off running right now is this might catch you in the off season no actually um so we uh had our um the u sports championships uh, i believe not last weekend but the weekend before and um, now I'm actually just training through for a couple more weeks and building to um, an indoor race in Boston in early December so I still have a couple more weeks of, uh, of workout before I'll take a break right on and what's the distance there I'm planning on racing a 5k there indoors so yeah I've never raced a, on a 200 meter track but People tell me that Boston is a fast one to race on, so I'm excited to race there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of stories coming from Boston. Uh, the one that I keep thinking about is the infamous Galen Rupp workout. That may be a bit taboo nowadays, but uh, Rupp running a really fast 5K and then throwing down a fast workout afterwards, and sometimes you wonder if there's some extra spring in that track. But you have <laughs> a 5K there. That's going to be a 25-lapper. Are you saying you've never run on a 200 meter track at all you've never done indoors or just a 5k uh no i've actually never raced i don't think on a uh, i've raced a handful of races at uw uh, the dempsey but never on a 200 meter track because um yeah with ubc we don't typically do uh an indoor season just just cross and then outdoors so it's kind of exciting to be uh racing indoors for the first time uh, not not indoors for the first time but on a true indoor track for the first time. Oh, yeah, that'll be a, a bit of a change. Yeah, Washington has that nice 300-meter track that we see on the flow track videos uh, quite often. That'll be quite a change from uh, what you're just coming off from. You just had a great cross-country season and definitely worth mentioning. You are the new, uh, the latest uh, men's champion at the U Sport Championship, so congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. <laughs> 
you um, had a really the race was uh, kind of how we expected the first seven eight k was a lot of a lot and the men's race anyway a lot of men close uh, no one really breaking uh, breaking the pack and then you kind of went and Mitch Eubin from Guelph was pretty close at covering the move but uh, you proved a bit too strong in the last kilometer so take me a bit through the race this was your first U Sports it's worth mentioning so what was going through your mind. Yeah, it's um yeah, that's right. I think uh, I rewatched the uh the uh broadcast of the race uh with you commentating and I think uh, I think you were maybe the only person uh uh that like predicted me to win. Um I, I predicted so... I'm sorry, I predicted Jean Simon de Gagne to win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I had you as a possible favorite, but uh, as a possible there. As a as a possible winner. Uh but uh, no, I do my homework. Uh, thanks for noticing, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess just going through the race, um coming into the race, um we had our Ken West championships two weeks before uh in Calgary on the uh Dinos home course. So um, yeah, there, the Calgary boys were really strong and they definitely beat me pretty handily, uh, in the snow on that course. And so I guess coming into U sports, I wasn't, uh, super full of confidence being beaten so handily, but, um, a little bit, uh, coming into U sports and finally kind of getting into that taper, uh, on the day. It felt super good finally for for the first time this cross season. So it was all uh, attributed to Brant's plan. He came in this year, and um, it's been an adjustment for sure with with him coaching this year. But overall, it's been really positive. So uh, it's definitely nice on the day to see the hard work over the last three months kind of pay off. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the nature of cross country in a sense, right? You kind of have to make it work on the day that it counts and that's so hard to do i think people saw results at the canada west championship and yeah you were third and i think stefan daniel was first and russell pennock second the two calgary that's men. right yeah right. so you know you see those results and you think well that'll probably replicate itself in two weeks but uh it's just in two weeks time so much can change and uh yeah did the, the on on uh on the right day it was your day and away you know it was kind of an easy prediction to make for those who knew of your track times. You know, your 5K personal best is 13.40, correct? That's right, yeah. So that's the fastest time out of all U Sports runners. So when you take that into consideration, you winning is not really an upset. But there's an interesting contrast there because, you know, you, you run with UBC. UBC only joined the conference uh, last year. Last year, you weren't running U Sports. We'll get into that a bit later. So... In some weird way, it seems like you came to the U Sports starting line, a thirteen forty guy and an underdog at the same time. That's right. You know, I think you raise a good point there. I think the um, coming into U Sports uh, for my first time this year, I think when you look at the track times uh, of a lot of the athletes in U Sports, it it truly it's not necessarily representative of. Uh, of the quality of athletes that we have in, in U sports. And I spend a lot of time thinking about why that is. And I think it, it's largely because there's a huge emphasis placed on cross and then, uh, then to indoors. And by the time that outdoors rolls around, um, 
people are either kind of burnt out from having two back-to-back seasons or they go into other sports like triathlon with uh, with Russell and Stefan. So I think largely the, the quality of athletes in youth sports is, is greater than what the track times indicate. So even though I, I guess I have the fastest uh, 5K PV, it's, it's not it's not uh, that much faster than I think what uh, a number of these people could be running if they, they raced more outdoor races or put more focus on outdoors and skipped indoors. That's a really good point. And you guys kind of had that luxury at UBC. Well, firstly, the weather uh, gets uh, nice early on, so it's kind of conducive to some good April, May outdoor track times that perhaps some people in Ontario and the East Coast and Quebec don't quite have. But no, it's an excellent point. I remember having that conversation with a friend of mine, Angus Rawling, who used to run at St. FX, and he had mm. this, this situation um, in which he was just improving every season. And I remember we sat down, we were talking, and I told him, do you realize how rare that is to have three or four seasons put together in which you improve every time? And he said, yeah, this is this is an anomaly. It's almost impossible to have a big cross-country season, follow that up with a huge indoor season, and then have a big outdoor season. Yeah, right, that's right. Like, you almost have to pick two, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, I think you can in stringing consistent seasons together of even small improvements is is where uh, in um, and stringing together healthy seasons I think is is potentially like the most important not improving you know maybe you're improving on like a 1500 time even just a little bit putting together Years of those healthy, consistent seasons is when I think you start to see the big returns. Mm, definitely. And uh, as for consecutive seasons, I think a common misconception was that you hadn't been present at U Sports because you were injured, but that wasn't the case at all. You were uh, kind of all over all over the world. Well, let's start with 2017 because um, you're 22 years old. Is that right? Uh, 21, actually. 21. And this was your first U Sports, and I think got people wondering, where was this guy the last couple of years? So let's start with 2017. For those of, of you who don't know, UBC just joined uh, U Sports in 2018. So 2017, you were competing in the NAIA, and that's kind of conducive to an outdoor season, right? You get an outdoor season? That's right, yeah. So uh, interestingly, with the NAIA, which um, for those listeners who don't know, it's in a smaller American league, um, separate from the NCAA. So one of the reasons UBC's uh, in that league is because it allows us to, to have a full outdoor season and uh, miss indoors. So um, so that we previously were in NAIA for cross country as well as track. And then, uh, like you mentioned in 2018, we swapped over from having the NAIA, NAIA cross to, uh, U sports for cross. So that's why, um, yeah, UBC wasn't present in past years. So the way it works now is UBC is in U sports for cross country, but still competes in the NAIA for track, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I really, I appreciate that because it allows us uh, a bit more of a break after cross season to get some consistent uh, miles and um, and really focus on stringing together 
the our NAI championships into a longer summer season um, rather than trying to fit three seasons in a year. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously very hard to do. And then flash forward to the next year, 2018, UBC is there. Your teammate John Gay, I think, finishes fourth uh, in the men's right, race. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're not there because you are overseas. That's right, yeah. So um, at the end of my second year, I decided to do an exchange. And I was looking at a couple of different places that um, were options to do exchanges at. And finally, I settled on Singapore. And um, so, yeah, last fall, I was in Singapore on exchange um, and did a bunch of traveling um, from Singapore on the weekends because uh, it's really central in Southeast Asia. So um, there's lots of inexpensive budget carrier flights. So I could go to Malaysia or Thailand for a weekend um, pretty easily and pretty inexpensively. Very cool. And in in everything you've seen, what was the coolest country you've been to, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, someone asked me this the other day. To be honest, I think I would probably say Japan. Um, there's something really special about Japan with um, with the people and how kind and caring they are, um, especially to foreigners, and uh, incredibly hospitable. Um, yeah. I would say there's something special about Japan. Um, I'd probably pick that as my potential favorite uh, cool. place that I was. But to be honest, it's it's a hard call between a number of them. Must be quite a culture shock, right? Because you, you're going to that area of the world. A lot of things are, are done differently. The um, What I understood from, from Japan, and I've never been, is that technologically they're very advanced. Yeah, that's right. Um yeah, I think one thing that struck me there is the transportation. It's there as well as Singapore. It's just so easy to get around um, with trains. And uh, subways are in Singapore, they call them MRTs. So it's, um, yeah, it, there's lots of mobility there, I guess. And uh, it's, not, it's not difficult to get from one side of the city to another purely on public transit. And what about running over there? So how long did you say you were there? Sorry. <laughs> um so i was i was in southeast asia for five months uh i think and um yeah singapore was a huge challenge to run um and to be honest when i was there i was really hating running the humidity in singapore makes it extremely challenging to uh even just do easy runs and um yeah it it did a number on me it, it was tough for me to go from running um being something that i really enjoyed and having those kind of whatever 10 hours of of the week uh running with friends and uh, just kind of laughing and socializing to having um very few people to run with and having most minutes of each run be unenjoyable oh, well the latest on the Tokyo Marathon. So in that area of the world, it's so humid and hot and gross that they want to move it away. You've probably heard of that. They want to move it away from Tokyo and have it in Sapporo. Yeah, that's right. I read about that. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know too much about that decision, but um, I will say it was very unpleasant running in uh, in the humidity in Singapore. Jeez. Mind you, the argument can be made that for a race, it's it's kind of uh, it's another element that the athletes uh, 
need to face. It's kind of like a, an argument for poor man's altitude training. You just get in super bad, uh, <laughs> bad humidity and you come back to Canada and, and feel like you're breathing. No, I am a level. big fan of sauna training. Um, and I was trying to tell myself that the whole time in Singapore was poor man's altitude, but it didn't make it <laughs> too much easier. Well, I mean, okay, let's timeline this. So the five months you were there were between, when did you get there? Um, so their, their uh, school system actually starts in um, August. So I got there early August and I left mid-December. Okay. And then you ran a 5K PB. You ran your 1340. How long after that? I think it was two or three months. That's pretty um, insane. Yeah, it's funny. Actually, I was looking back at some training logs and looking at the amount of running I did that fall because um, it was it was a struggle to just to even try to do like 40 or 45 minutes a day and then do maybe one or two workouts a week. Um, but I think one thing that really helped me in Singapore was taking time completely, not completely away from running, but completely away from racing mm-hmm. and just having time to to focus on other things in life because I think running is really cool, but it's not, it's not everything to me. And, um, and having, having some time to, I guess, forget about it for a little bit. When I came back in the spring, I was that much hungrier to get, to get after it with training and, and racing. And I've really felt quite refreshed <laughs> taking time away from running. So yeah, definitely a change in perspective and, uh... Sometimes that definitely helps. I mean, running is, it's kind of a, for me anyway, it's kind of a drug, right? When you're, when you're in it and you're in it for a long time, it seems like you don't really realize how much more intense you're getting as time goes on <laughs> until you kind of wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and, and realize, oh, wow, I'm spending a whole lot of time doing that. So yeah, some time right. away can, can be a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I definitely felt that way. And I think in this cross season, um, that's something I tried to bring back a little bit was as few times as I can to make sure that that I'm fresh for, for as long as possible through the whole year. Because I think, yeah, racing week in, week out in the, in the fall, it, it takes a number on you or does a number on you rather in the spring. So... Yeah, I, I guess bringing back to an earlier point in the conversation, I, I didn't really race too much before U Sports, um, which is tough going in because the races that I did race weren't, they weren't full. Um, so coming in, it, it's tough to know that uh, confidence-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if if one of your goals in running is to keep it enjoyable and keep it fun, I think you're someone who does that as well or better than most because when I, and, and I can't kind of think I came to that realization and I saw you go up one of the hills in Fort Henry thinking, geez, he gets up that hill with ease. It almost looks like he's running flat. And then I remember, this is where I remember your name from first. You have this crazy history with this uphill, insane running challenge sponsored by a red bull <laughs> tell me a bit more about that because in okay in bc i'm guessing it's quite well known but uh in in, in toronto which is where i am right now and on the east coast even more so i don't think many people know about this challenge 
Yeah, so the Red Bull 400. Uh, first, I'm trying to think of where I first heard about it, but I first did uh, a Red Bull 400 race, I think, after my grade 12 year. And um, in in high school, my my main kind of athletic focus was cross-country skiing. So we did a lot of trips like that with cross-country skiing. And so I heard about this kind of spin-off of a trail race, if you will, um, the Red Bull 400. And uh, signed up, and I was fortunate to, to win that year. Um, it's, it's a really painful race. I'll, I think I'll go out on a limb and say it's the most painful race I've done. Um, people to kind of describe the race, and the best thing I can come up with is uh, about like four or five minute race. It feels like the last two hundred meters of an eight hundred. Oh my god! But but for the whole race. <laughs> oh, that sounds painful. So that's that's a four hundred meter race in which you just run that's right. straight up and like a, a made man-made a person-made hill um that's right yeah sorry i should have explained that so yeah for those of you listening it's uh it's basically yeah it's 400 meters and it goes up a ski jump um and so pretty much i can't remember how much actual 400 meters in length but the elevation i think is maybe 150 or 200 so it's a lot to climb that and sounds it, like it, it just really hurts the quads it does yeah it <sighs> burns um and actually with that the last 200 of the 800 analogy uh, my coach from last year uh chris johnson was a 800 meter runner in his day and uh, he signed up for the race last year and he said it was actually uh, a little bit worse than the last 200 <laughs> meters of an 800 <laughs> Well, I remember going on because I just was looking that up a while ago and went on the website and saw the the finishing times. And, you know, people hover around the three minutes, 30 seconds, four minute mark and for a 400 meter. So the first thing I'm thinking, geez, I did 400 meter hills in undergrad and I'd be running in 75. That's so slow. And then I saw the elevation. I'm thinking, oh, my, you almost have to use your hands. Yeah, you do. Actually, yeah, oh. you you are on your hands. That is crazy. So um, you did it for a few years straight, right? 2016, I I 17? It, yeah, I think I did it in And then next year, uh, I think I might have done it in 2018. And then the, the prize for winning the last year I did it was to – they would send you to the World Championships in Austria. Hmm. So actually um, – when I was in Singapore, they flew me from Singapore to to Austria for the World Championships, um, and that was a really cool experience. I think in all the Red Bull events that I've done, Red Bull does an excellent job of hosting its athletes, and not only hosting its athletes well, but also making a great atmosphere around the event and uh, and making it exciting. And I I would love to see more of that. The running. Uh, it's easy to say that I'd love to see it in running more, but I think uh, it's it's hard to know how to, to transfer that atmosphere and excitement into more track and field or cross-country or road racing. But I think it would be really cool to see more road miles and stuff. Racing in this, these events where you have um, more recreational community and and people like that, it 
great atmosphere to the events and it's really fun to be a part of. Well, I think it just has to do with people, people who've known about running for a very long time and have an idea of how it should work or whatever. It's just for these, you know, people with that idea to open their minds and because we're seeing a lot of things like that coming. The beer mile was a huge thing a few years ago and still kind of is. And I think some, (laughs) some people really oppose it um, or these, these running like events, but I think ultimately it just brings more attention to the sport and is a fun alternative for, you know, people who are busting their ass running all the time. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think um, when I think about, atmosphere and this is a generalization but i think um yeah the some of the best atmosphere are like the trail race and then maybe the road races and then i would say probably at the bottom of the list oftentimes is the track races um, because people kind of show up they run a fast time and i think the more um more population you can engage from the recreational community typically the better the atmosphere is so finding ways to integrate that into track and field i think is a challenge but there's a lot of potential there absolutely running itself is a bit dry it's up to us to find ways of making it fun so uh, that's right yeah if if ever there's a, a red bull 400 around my area if i'm not too chicken maybe i'll give it a try i definitely would recommend it yeah it's it's four minutes of pain but it's a, it's a really great event. So none this summer for you. So let's just stay a little bit fresh for you sports. And uh, let's bring it back to, to you sports this year. Uh, your first experience um, compared to the NAIA. How does it, com- I guess, how does it compare to a, an NAIA cross-country race in terms of caliber, in terms of atmosphere? How is it different? That's a great question. I, there's a number of differences. Um Objectively, it is still a running race, um, but the the NAI fields um, numbers-wise were quite a bit bigger. I think I recall my second year our NAIA championships. There was maybe 250 or 300 athletes on the line, um, and do you know what U Sports was like 150-ish? Yeah, is that right? It usually hovers around 150. So, yeah, so not, not quite double, but the field sizes were definitely bigger in the NAIA. Um, one thing I think, I think, yeah, definitely U-Sports has um, greater top-end talent to compete against. Um, yeah, the athletes in U-Sports are definitely strong. And um, it's one thing I, I really appreciate about us moving to U-Sports is getting to know... Uh, because um, because we don't race indoors, and a lot of these athletes, outdoors isn't a huge focus for them. I haven't raced against a lot of them, and I haven't really met a number of them. So having the opportunity to race against uh, Canadian athletes, as well as to get them get to know them, uh, is it? Uh, yeah, it, it it was kind of a shame before because there seemed to be some sort of divide between. UBC and Simon Fraser would compete mostly in the States and then the rest of you sports. We kind of knew you guys were out there and we knew that you were strong teams, but it was hard to put faces to the name. So hopefully this is kind of a first step into, you know, knowing who people are and, and maybe the start of a, a few friendly rivalries. But one thing. Absolutely. That, yeah. One thing with you sports uh, that I guess doesn't seem to be replicated in, in American leagues is uh, 
in cross country is the, the presence of an the existence of an after party, which I'll have to specify is totally athlete driven and is not sanctioned <laughs> by by U Sports. Um, but it seems to be a kind of a, just a custom for the host team to kind of rent a bar and have all the athletes go to the after party afterwards and get to know each other better. Did that happen in the states? No, actually, it didn't. And I was talking to some teammates about that. I think I think U Sports is. Uh, it's special in that in that sense, I guess, specifically for the after party. It's special, but um, in the NAI, you definitely don't have that. I'm not sure if that happens in the NCAA, but um, U Sports, because we're in Canada and the drinking age is 19, and in the states it's 21. Um, yeah, it's I guess it's unique in Canada to have. Uh, a country of athletes racing together and then going out together afterwards. Cause I don't know that that necessarily happens uh, in other leagues. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a kooky concept, but it actually is a, a great way of getting to know who your competitors are and, and seeing them uh, away from the race course. So oh, absolutely. An yeah. Have. And the last few years, most of the championships were in Kingston and I have a friend uh, who went to Queens and we were talking the other day about, oh, she says, oh, there is this bar. And I said, which one is it? She says, the Blue Martini. Oh, I know the Blue Martini. I've realized <laughs> I know all the bars in Kingston now. So I think that means it's time for U Sports to, cha- to change location. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, I think it's it's cool to go across the country and race in different places. It's a huge privilege to uh, to have that opportunity. And it's cool to see new new uh, new cities and towns across the country. Yeah, I think next year, I haven't heard anything official yet, but the word is floating around that Halifax may be hosting. Have you heard anything more? No, I haven't heard anything more, but I would be super excited to race in Halifax. Have you been to the East Coast before? I have been to the East Coast, actually. I spent a couple weeks in the summer at a friend's cottage in Nova Scotia. And um, yeah, I love the East Coast. I'd be super excited to go back and, and actually race there. Yeah, we'll have to keep our ears to the ground because, yeah, like I said, I haven't heard anything official, but I didn't hear anything other than Halifax either. So I guess that's something that we're going to have to figure out in the next couple of weeks. But as for now, you've got cross country away from the brain and it's shifting up to indoors. So the race, remind me, you're racing in Boston in about 10 days time? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, yeah, hoping to run a quick indoor time uh, in Boston um it'll be something different i think it's kind of i was i'm excited to get back on the track um more and more so i'm appreciating the track coming from skiing uh in in high school i think i gravitated towards cross country because it was a bit more similar and over the last few years as running become uh increasingly a big part of my life i'm starting to appreciate the track more and more so well uh for that we'll keep an eye open and uh we're gonna wish you some good luck uh, going forward and other than that congrats again kieran uh, on a great cross-country season and uh, now i think we can be sure knowing that uh, people will know who you are next time you're getting on the start line at new sports <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that yeah thank you so much for the uh invitation to be on the podcast i really appreciate it it's cool to be involved with these things in the running community so I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Well, best of luck. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to subscribe to this newsletter at usportsthexc.com. 
www.substack.com to get this content lovingly shoved into your inbox. As well, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our parent publication, thexc.substack.org, or follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thexcorg. And as for our podcasts, they can be found on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, all regular podcast outlets. Again, thank you very much for listening. Until next time.